part of. So um, you, if they did, you heard a bunch of them say that was our first time. So get your kids to camp, amen? Teenagers, they, he'll tell you the ages, but I think it's 12 to 19 or 20 or 12 to 19 can go. So if your kids are still 19, get them, get them there, amen? It's a whole week of, of God, amen? And then also in April, we've got conference coming up. Don't forget conferences coming up, the 22nd to the 26th. We want to take a big group to the church, amen, from here. Some of you might have not have gone for a while. Let's get into a habit of going, amen, to twice a year. Change your life to get out of, it's a good time to get out, be away from the city, and, and hear God's voice all week long, amen. Gloria's got a quick announcement. She'll come up for uh, some trabajo, amen. So give Gloria a hand as she comes. Hello, VWO. Hello. <laughs> um, We've been having some difficulties with keeping the church clean and getting volunteers. So um, Gaylene has made a wonderful suggestion that we're going to try something different, and Ms. Carla is really boosting it on. Um, what we're going to try to do is uh, we split the church up into areas, and what we want to do is for uh, each family, or you don't even have to be a family, uh, singles, anybody who just wants to help, let me put it that way, that we're just going to give you a section, and it's just going to be your responsibility for, uh, for a month. And then we're going to rotate so not everybody gets burnt out just doing the same thing. So um, I really need some volunteers. People have already stepped up um, to help out. So, um, and I'm going to put y'all on the spot. We're going to get this list filled tonight. Uh, <laughs> um, with the sanctuary, if we can, I would maybe like, you know, maybe two couples on that. So like that, not, every, not just one person gets stuck doing it all month. We want it sweeped and mopped. Now, what I mean is like you keep up with your area. You know, I know sometimes everybody can't do it all the time after service. But like, you know, just keep up with it. I mean, it, it don't take that long because it's going to be one little section. You know, but like the sanctuary is really going to be the main thing is to be swept and mopped, you know, after the Sunday night service and then after Wednesday night. And for those of you who have a key, it'll just be your responsibility to come back in and just get that done. Now, I'm going to split the sanctuary up where it'll just be up here up front. Just the floor really basically is what you have to worry about. And I would like somebody else to focus up here on the altar part. And what I mean by that is like the vacuuming and the dusting, like, you know, the speakers and stuff like that. You know, little things that are detailed that people just kind of look at. You know, that we may not look at it in depth because we take it for granted. We're here all the time. But, you know, we want to just make it look clean and presentable to everybody else, you know, visitors and anybody. You know, as far as behind the bar, the kitchen area and the cleaning and all that, you know, I'll, I'll keep up with, with all of that because that's really needs to be tackled. But I'll, I'll come up here this week sometime to do that. And uh, the stars have graciously volunteered. They're going to do the both bathrooms every service, so that's okay. Um, and then the prayer room, I know the nursery workers, they're assigned to do their own nurseries to keep up with. And if y'all need an extra cleaning, like disinfectant, Lysol, and stuff like that for that, y'all let me know so I can get a begging list together on what we need. Um, but I really want somebody to, um, to be focused and, and help me out with the prayer room. The prayer room I really want focused in. What I mean by that is the floors. We really need to get something to do our best with that floor in there because it just looks crazy. I know, Pastor, you talked about stripping it and doing that. We need to make a, a work weekend. I don't know when you want to do that. 
But um, for right now, we can just keep up in there because I know it, it just sometimes it's got a smell in there. <laughs> we don't like that for like visitors. And now we've got this beautiful bulletin that's inviting people to go in there. We want to make it presentable and exciting to people that that's a prayer room to keep, you know, our chairs organized, cleaned, wiped down, the little black things and stuff like that. And I even think those come off that we need to be washed if somebody would like to help me out in doing that too. Um, and um, for the trash and, and for the windows up front, Mr. and Mrs. Andrews, I put y'all down to do that. If y'all could just keep up with um, emptying out what I mean is the front rest and then the bathroom restrooms. And then since Miss Andrews looks so good up there, you can just touch up on them windows up there for us. Um, what I really, I really, I mean, basically all I need is just the sanctuary, the altar, and the prayer room. If I can just get some volunteers to do that. What do you want, Miss Gaylene? The sanctuary? Would somebody like to help them out doing their sanctuary? The plats, and, and I'll put the garzas and the plats on the sanctuary. And what about the altar? Can I get somebody to vacuum and dust up here? Okay, now. Are you going to have to help me with Miss Esther, right? Miss Esther, yeah. Like, don't you forget it. <laughs> And the prayer room. I would like, okay, Jacob and Christina. Now, if anybody is here that wants to help out and didn't get to put on, now, singles, if y'all want to help out too, you know, y'all let me know and I can stick y'all with somebody. I don't want to leave anybody out. I'll find something for y'all to do. That won't be a problem. I'll find something for y'all to do. But now, if anybody has any questions. Well, that's good. I can't volunteer mine. Mine works too much. <laughs> ladies when Pastor Mario came and it, it's 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 kinda hard but the smell. Yeah that Yeah that would be good though if y'all could get that done and it wouldn't be so much to keep it clean in there. But if I could get somebody else to um well I'll just I'll figure it out. So right now we've got this whole month filled up. Let's try this guys. And if there's a time that you don't think that you're gonna be here which is gonna come up Please let me know and see if I can get somebody just to cover for that weekend or if y'all can do it amongst yourself because y'all know I'm busy with school and stuff. But if y'all can just, let's just get it covered because it's just getting too much, you know. And, and, I mean, we've got visitors in here all the time. I mean, practically every service now, we've got somebody new coming in here. Thank you, Jesus. And we just want to keep the church up. If you have any questions, y'all need any cleaners, let me know. Whatever I can do, I'll get on top of it. Thank y'all. Open your Bibles tonight, please, to the book of John. A Sunday school teacher asked her little children as they were on their way to church service, and as they were coming in, she said, why is it necessary to be quiet in church? And one bright little girl said, because people are sleeping. 
Not our church, amen? Not our church. Hallelujah. All right, this is going to be one of those. I'm going, to, I'm going to do something different tonight. It's going to be one of those. This is one of those messages that I think is, every message is important. But this, I think this is one that's just going to really help us. How many like those helpful ones? I want to ask. I don't usually do this. And, and just take a second. I'm going to clean up the church right now. Um, oh, on that note, can I just throw something out since we're talking about cleaning? Okay. If we could try to keep drinks out of here, remind everybody. Drinks back there. This is the sanctuary and for the thirst busters or I don't even know where thirst busters comes from. That's Tucson, Arizona. Big gulps, whatever. If we just keep everything back there by the, the bar area and just kind of say this is holy right here and we're not going to bring anything. A bottle of water I'm okay with. But if you have to have something, but let's just try to keep drinks out of here, okay? It just looks better. If there's not stuff everywhere, we can make it through the service. So that's just a quick note. Amen. Question, forum. This is something I don't usually do. I want to ask tonight, if you, if you look at a, at a non-believer and a believer, I want, I want to get some answers. And, I, and no one's going to be wrong or right, but I want to get some answers. What do you think separates us as believers from non-believers? What, what is it we have in our lives or should have that separates us from an unbeliever from, or, or, or somebody who even, who even is trying to be good? Throw some things out. What, what is something, I'm looking for one particular thing tonight to get into the message. Just go ahead and say it. Peace, Peace okay. Joy. Light. Direction. Character. Okay, I must, before I get some more, I want to think about some of these. All good answers. Let's say, okay, I heard character. A, a person who's not saved, and this doesn't mean it's not something they should have, but an unsaved person can have character. An unsaved person can be a light. Maybe not for God. Uh, what were some other ones? Um, joy. An unsaved person can be happy. Okay. What were some other ones? Okay. An unsaved person can have peace. Maybe not true peace, but they can have peace. Okay. You, you find people that they meditate, whatever, they, they got peace. What else? Salvation. Okay. That, yeah. Amen. Of course. Grace. Okay. Grace. Anything else? Toning blood of Jesus, a clean mouth. Okay, that's excellent. But a sinner can have a clean mouth too. The sun say, but it's good. Those are good. I said no wrong or right answers. I'm just trying to get us to think that a lot of the things that we think are are really important and are are things that an unsaved person can have. You know, there's a lot. Matter of fact, there's a lot of unsaved people, unfortunately, who are really better. I can't say Christians because they're not Christians, but they act better a lot of times than Christians. Does that make sense? So all those things are good, but I want to give us, I want to give you something tonight that I believe is the answer that is going to shake our world if we'll keep it mental in our mind. Okay. And again, none of those are wrong or right. I want you to think bad if I said anything, I just was trying to get you to think about something. Sometimes I've been thinking lately, as we go on through our life, we can get in a funk. You ever been in a funk? There's no real definition for that. Just out of it. Okay? And sometimes the church can be in a funk. Sometimes I can, I can be in a funk. You can be in a funk. We can be in a funk. It's just, you're out of it. You just, it's just, they're just, you're just lethargic. Or, does it make sense? It just seems like everything, everybody just kind of, 
dead or everybody's just kind of uncommitted or everybody's just kind of tired or whatever, whatever you want to put there, it's, I just call it a funk. And a thought came to me today and I, and I said, God, I need your answer on this. I need, I need an answer. And, and the Lord gave me an answer. And so I want you to look at John chapter four. I want to show you tonight what separates a person who is living for the Lord, what makes us different. There's a distinction, okay? A, an outward distinction. There's a distinction that makes us different from an unbeliever, from religious people. How many people all over the world are religious? How many people all over the world have a, have a, go to church all the time? Okay, but they may not be saved. We know the church building doesn't save us, okay? So something we should contend for in John chapter four I want you to really pay attention to this, is this. Jesus is talking to the woman at the well. And he says in verse 22, you worship what you don't know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. And look what he says, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. In spirit and truth. Now watch this. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. This is what, what truly separates a, a man or a woman of God, the real deal, and somebody who's trying to be like God or trying to be religious is the presence of the Lord upon their life. Okay? Daily. Those people that are not saved can have character. They can not cuss. They can go to church. They can be good. They can even give their offerings. They can do all kinds of things. But if they're not true worshipers, if they're not the real deal, the presence of God will not be upon their life. You get that? The presence of God. What separates the true church today from the wannabe church is God's presence. God's presence rests on real worshipers, okay? And that, that's not how you sing. That's your heart and how you love the Lord and how you worship the Lord and when you worship the Lord and how your worship is reacting to a situation and in the midst of a trial. It's that true worship, the heart that God is looking for. Amen? And it's what sets us apart. I want you to think as you go quickly with me. Actually, let me finish that. It says, let's read that again, 23. I want you to really see this. How many have heard that verse before? We've heard it. But I want you to see the end of it. The hour's coming and now is where the true worshipers, okay, that means there's true and fake, will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. So he's looking for true worshipers. I cannot say enough that that's not just the worship song. When we think worship for some reason, our minds just bring us to this moment when we're in praise and worship service. That's not it. That's part of it. But people that are not believers can come and lift their hands and not really the real deal can lift their hands and sing a song. Paul and Silas taught us what a true worshiper was. Because they worshiped the Lord when it was bad. And they probably worshiped the Lord that day as the way they did when they were in church. It was the same. 
They loved God. And their circumstances didn't dictate their praise and worship. Their praise and worship dictated their circumstances. They were able to take themselves to another place. They were able to look beyond the rats and the water and the chains and the darkness and see Christ in a dark place. True worshipers. People, and and I say this because as you go through life and as our church goes through things and as our families go through things and as we go through things, we have to be able to be in a place where I am a true worshiper of the Lord and I'm going to serve God and I'm going to worship the Lord regardless of whatever else is going on around my life. And if I'll base my satisfaction off the presence of the Lord, I'll never be dissatisfied. Can you say amen? This is a revelation. This is that vertical I talk about all the time. Having that vertical relationship with the Lord that does not get affected by everybody else. Church, it's easy to get your eyes on other people. I'm talking as your pastor. It's easy for me to get discouraged looking sometimes at the people. And I can easily be swayed in my emotions by good crowds or not good crowds or commitment or not commitment and so forth and so on. But God wants me and you and all of us to just worship God and worship him for who he is and be in love with him and be happy in our own little place regardless of what else is going on around us. Amen. How many want to be in that place tonight? I can have church all by myself. Not at my house by myself, but here. If everybody else is dead, I'm going to have church. I'm going to get something out of church. I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord. Amen. We felt God's presence today. We look back this morning. We didn't have a great crowd. We we don't have a super great crowd tonight, but we felt his presence. We can leave and say God's presence was there. How many churches today might have been full and overflowed, but the presence of God didn't show up? I'm not downing them, I'm just saying. When the presence of God is here, we've got everything we need. What else do we need? The presence of the Lord. Now think about this. Go to Exodus real quick. Wait, I still didn't finish that yet. John 4. I've got to finish this before I get up over there. I get excited. John 4. But the hour's coming. I'm going to make me get through this this time. And now is when the true worshipers, how many true worshipers are here? Will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. Look at this. God is spirit. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen? So we know the established time and place like we talked last week of church and getting together and all that, but you can't base your walk with God on the just church services. That's an additive. When we, when we are having church at home and in our car and at work and in the bathroom and in the living room and, on the, and everywhere we go, we bring that presence in with us. We don't pick it up at the church. Oh, I got to go get in the presence of God. I got to go to church so I can get in the presence of God. No, you bring the presence of God in with you to the church. Because this is just the building like we talked about. We are the church. 
And we don't have to worry about if anybody else got blessed or not. I got blessed tonight because I was in the presence of God and I felt his presence. And what happens when everybody does that? The glory of God falls. Now look at Exodus. Go to Exodus with me real quick. Chapter 33. And as you're getting there, I want to give you another example. How many remember in the book of Exodus when, when Moses began to take the, uh, to do what he was supposed to do with Pharaoh? And he stands before Pharaoh, and God tells him, when you begin to talk to Pharaoh, I want you to do some miracles. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use you. I'm going to do some miracles through you, and I want you to throw that staff down on the ground. And he says, Pharaoh, you've got to let God's people go. And Pharaoh's hard-hearted. He grabs his rod, his staff. He throws it on the ground, and it turns into a serpent. Remember? And then what do the magicians do? The same thing. Okay? So fake worship can be copied. The spirit that's not God can be, can be fabricated. And all kinds of other things. But the real presence of God cannot be fabricated. The real presence of God cannot be copied. The real presence of God cannot be made by man. God shows up with the real presence of God on a man or a woman who is worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Amen? And that happened three times, if you remember. First it was the snakes, and then he did it to, he, threw, he turned the river into blood, and they copied it. And then he did the frogs, and they did that. Then they got to the fourth plague, which was the lice. And I'm not, I'm not going to get you to read that, but I'm going to tell you what it says. Then the magicians all of a sudden go to Pharaoh and say, this is the hand of God. So there comes a time and a place where Satan can only copy so much. But he cannot copy the true, real presence of God. How many want the true, real presence of God in your lives tonight? Amen? And so look at Exodus 33. I want to show you this real quick. And then we're going to have some time of prayer and get in that presence of the Lord tonight for this week. Exodus 33, verse 8. You there? I want, to, I want you to see something. Moses is talking to God for the people. And right before I say that, hold your hand there for a second. This is what's so awesome about the day we live in. We don't live in a day where, where I have to bring your pre, the presence in for you. We live in a day where we can go boldly in to the throne room of grace personally. Back then, if I was Moses and I was your priest, I would have had to go in for you. I would have had to talk to God for you. You couldn't see God. You couldn't be in God's presence. Now, because the veil was rent, because Jesus rose from the dead, we can all walk into the presence of God in the bathroom, at our house, in the car, at work. We don't have to wait till Sunday to get in the presence of God. The real presence of God is, is attainable at any moment. And I really believe that he wants to give it to us more than we ask. Amen? It's those times, as we get into this in a second, it's those times of struggle and problem, and as I said this morning, interruptions, where we, we, we fail because we go secular. We go to our mind. We go to other people. We go to situations and circumstances we look at the bills we feel the body all on and so forth but instead god is always wanting us to do in the interruption 
is do what Paul and Silas did. Lift our hands and say, I'm, I'm powerless. God, I worship you in the midst of the, as Casting Crowns did that, such an awesome song, I'll praise you in the storm. If you've never heard that song, go Google it, go YouTube it and listen to it. I'll praise you in the storm. Amen? So look at this real quick. Now, he says, when, whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, verse eight, all the people rose. And look, each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses till he'd gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass, when Moses entered the tabernacle, that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked with Moses. All the people saw the pillar. Now get this, they saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door. I don't want to see the presence of God from a distance. I want to stand in the presence of God. I don't want to hear about the presence of God that somebody else has experienced. I want to experience the presence of God. Amen? Don't get your fix off of what somebody said on the radio or what you heard on TV. Get your own presence of the Lord. Get them to fall on you, amen? We don't have to watch anymore. We're in the New Testament, praise God. But look what they did. And all the people saw the, the pillar of clouds standing, and look, it says, and all the people rose and worshiped, each man in his tent door. I want you to think about something. They waited till the presence fell. Then they worshiped. If you go to John and read what we read in the beginning, he is not wanting us to wait till the presence comes. He is wanting us to bring the presence. He is wanting us, he's watching who I can see, who will seek me, who will bring the presence in. Where's a vessel that I can fill? And he's, he's wanting us to worship him before we feel his presence. It's easy to worship when the presence has already been ushered in. Don't catch the tailwind of somebody else's worship. Don't get the presence of God off of somebody. Now, there's times, like I said this morning, that you feed off the energy and electricity of somebody else, and that's okay. But you, we see here that God doesn't want us to wait. He wants us to have our own personal relationship with the Lord. Personal. And nobody can take that away from you. Nobody. You can have church all the time by yourself. Now look at this. He worshiped each man in his own tent door, which also shows the power of you bringing the presence into the church so that we all have corporate worship. So the Lord spoke, verse 11, to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Oh, I wish I could do that. You can. Do you ever get jealous and go, oh, I wish I'd have been like Moses so I could see God face to face? Who says we can't? Who says we can't tonight? We can. There's no veil. It's open. He says in Hebrews, I want you to come in boldly to my throne room. Come into the throne room of grace. Sit down and talk to me. Oh, I wish I could talk to God like I talked to my husband. You can. You should. We can. He wants us to. Moses did. We can. But you have not let me know, Moses says, whom you shall send with me. This is important. 
He's asking God, God, I know what you want me to do. I know you want me to go somewhere, but who are you sending with me? Because I'm not going by myself. That's the problem today. I got to get someone else to agree with me. I got to get someone else to worship with me. I got to get someone else to feel me. No, go on your own. Don't wait for the presence of God from somebody else. Get the presence of God yourself. Get the victory yourself. Amen. Because there's going to be times when other people let you down. Get your eyes on the Lord. Get the presence of God in your life and don't let those other things affect you. Amen. Let your joy come from the fact that the presence of God is on your life. So he says, who are you going to send with me? And he says, I know you by, he says, you have said, he's telling God, you have said, I know you by name and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, verse 13, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, that's the cool thing today is we don't have to ask if we found grace. We have grace. Show me your way that I may know you and that I might find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. Do you see where we're at today in 2013? A lot of times we're jealous of the people in the Bible. We've got it better. The Bible says we are saved by grace. So grace is there. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. Amen. He says, though I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. Amen. So all these verses tell us his presence is right there. We don't have to stir it up. We don't have to seek it. Just like this morning, I just want to quickly say that again for Sunday school workers and people that were, that were not in here this morning. The, the Cherokee Indian passage. We talked about trust this morning. I want you to understand how, I, I thought about this when I was praying tonight in the prayer room and it just blessed me to remind myself, God never leaves me. God never forsakes me. God never goes on sabbatical. God never goes and does something else. He's right here by my side all the time he's never going to leave me he's never going to forsake me it doesn't matter if I feel him or not he's there amen the just shall live by faith not by sight the just shall walk by faith not by sight the story was the boys in the Indian Cherokee Indian uh, have to have a rite of passage they have to go out in the woods and the forest you may have heard me say it before you heard it this morning and they have to sit in the forest all night long blindfolded all the noises all the fear all the animals making noises and the, the, the father leaves and they have to leave it on till the morning and they're a man that sun hits them finally in the morning. They're scared to death. They're shaking. They're trembling. They've felt things go by their feet and all this stuff all night long. They take the blindfold off and the father never left. He was right there. Sometimes we think he's gone. But the word of God says, next time you feel like you're alone, remind the, the Lord your presence is right here. I feel you, God. I know you're here. Talk to him. He's right there. He's right there, amen? At all times, when you're troubled at job, when you're troubled at school, when you're in traffic, when you're in a fight with your family, whatever it is, he's right there. And he does not leave you. Amen? His presence is right there. So look at 14. I want, I want to end with this thought. Moses says, sorry, God says to Moses in verse 14, and he said, 
my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Okay, that's a promise. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Do you believe that tonight? At all times, in all places, God is with you. Now we're talking wisely tonight. We're not talking about going and doing things we shouldn't do. Amen? We're talking about being in, God, in, in God's will and walking in holiness. God's there. Amen? I'm not saying you can just go do whatever you want to do. Amen? But when you're doing what you're supposed to do and loving the Lord and pleasing the Lord, he's right there. And if you go in the bar, he'll wait at the door for you until you get out. She won't go in there and drink with you at the bar. Amen. But he's still close by. Because he hates sin. So look at this. And Moses says these words, and this needs to be our cry tonight. This needs to be our desire tonight. Verse 15. If your presence does not go with us, don't bring me up from here. Amen. Could you have that attitude tonight that God, if you're not with me, I'm not doing it. Amen. I'm not doing it. I'm not going forward. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it if your presence is not with me. And he says, for how then will it be known? This is, this is the key. How then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight? Except you go with us now watch this this is Moses way back in the day he's pretty wise he says so shall we be separate what separates us right now from the world the presence of God are you with me are we seeing it in the word character's good not cussing's good. Not lying's good. All the things we try to do are good. But lots of sinners do that too. Lots of good people tonight, church. How many know someone who's like the best person in the world? But they're going to go to hell tonight if they don't get saved. Good people. I know some good, good, good people. They're just good people. They don't cuss, they don't steal, they don't cheat, they have character. They, I mean, they're, there's, they're, there are godly people all around the world. But the Bible still tells us, if they don't know Jesus, if he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes unto the Father except through him. Okay? But he's saying there's something that will separate you, and it's my presence. It's my stamp. God's presence will not be on a person that's not saved. Okay? It's what separates us. And he says that. Moses says that for us all these thousands of years later. He's making a statement. And he says, grace, how will, they, how will the people know that we found grace in your sight? When the presence of God is on us, it's grace in action. It's his stamp of approval. I'm on this person's life because they believe in me. Because they've accepted me. And they cannot fabricate it. And then he says, so shall we be separate, your people and I, look at verse 7, 16, from all the people who are on the face of the earth. 
The presence of God separates us tonight. Amen? The presence of God. I'm going to take this out. To, I'm going to take this personally. And I'm not going to let anything else rock my boat. I'm only going to base it on, did I feel your presence, God? Did the presence of God move in my life today? Did I, did I walk in your presence? Did I walk in your grace? Did I walk in your stamp of approval on my life? Did your presence go before me? How many know that if you have that, nothing else matters? Amen. You can't put a price on the presence of God. And you can have it at any moment and any time. Ask the musicians to come. You know, he says, be separate. The Bible says, be separate. What separates us? His presence. Amen? What, 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 would, what would somebody come into this church and be able to say if we were really doing what God wanted us to do? They would leave, and, and, and hopefully it wouldn't be, man, what, what a great preacher, what, what great people, what great musicians, what great songs. Or would it be, I felt the presence of God in that place. I felt something that was real. Isn't that the difference? Things can be fabricated. Great singers, great musicians can bring in and, and usher in and copy a feeling. Concerts do that. People go to secular concerts and are moved all the time. It's not the presence of God. But when true worshipers come in and their hearts are right and they're trying to serve the Lord and they love the Lord and they bring in their dimension of worship to the Lord and God's presence falls. No, you know what? We could have people in here tonight that right now that have never been in church in their life raised as an atheist, raised as an agnostic, raised as whatever, and they could come in here and if, if we did what we were supposed to do, they'd leave, maybe not even saved. Maybe they didn't even answer the altar call. But they would leave saying, I felt something real in that place. And obviously, our prayer would be that that presence would push them and draw them to want to accept Christ. But do you remember that the Bible says no man can accept the Lord unless he's been drawn by the Spirit of God. Unless he's been drawn by the presence of God. Maybe, maybe one of the reasons people aren't getting saved all over the world is because the church isn't drawing them by the presence of the Lord. We don't need to worry, the Bible says, about what we're going to say, the words we're going to say. Remember, he says, let the Holy Spirit speak through you. If you'll spend time in prayer, if you'll spend time in the Word, if you'll love your husband, you'll love your wife, you'll love your kids, God's presence will be on you. Amen? And, and everything else won't matter if, just, if you just say, I felt the presence of the Lord today. How many get what I'm saying tonight? I hope I got it out. The presence of the Lord. The true presence of God. I believe we can contend for that as a church tonight. You know, think about it. How many times, and I'm, this happens to me all the time, how many times have you come to church and you don't really remember what the message was? You don't really remember every point you don't remember the three points. You don't remember the verses. You don't, but you said, I, I left different. 
than when I came in. I came in discouraged and I left encouraged. I came in sick and I left healed. I came in bound and I left free. Does that make sense? It's not about the one, two, three. That's part of it. God uses it. But it's touching the presence of God and knowing He's real. That's what sets religion apart from relationship. Maybe you're here tonight and you haven't quite understood that till tonight. Maybe you've tried to get into good standing with God by your ABCs. ABCs are necessary. We have to have structure. We have to have things that we do that God asks us to do. But it really all comes down to why you do what you do. It really comes down to the heart of why you do what you do. Do you realize that tonight? If you really think about it, we're talking about cleaning the church. We're talking about out whatever we talk about, it really comes down to, do I have to do that or do I get to do that? And that is a heart issue. Amen? I'm just throwing that in every area of your life. You can do the hard things that aren't fun if you just do them with the right attitude. Doing it with a heart of worship. Cleaning with the heart of worship. Working at your job with the heart of worship. Coming to church with the heart of worship. Loving your husband or wife with the heart of worship. Everything you do is unto the Lord. God, I do this for you because I love you. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. I receive this word, God, and I bless you because I can feel your presence. I love you because you're right here, right by my side. And you'll never leave me, and you'll never forsake me.